What's good, boys and girls? Fins Up Podcast. On this glorious Wednesday, the 3rd of January, Happy New Year to all of our listeners. We received some feedback of our Christmas present that Dan and I dropped for you, the review of the 2014 season. Trust me, we hated it just as much as you did. A uh, big welcome into the new year to everyone. And, of course, my handsome colleague, as always, Mr. Dan Nichols. Dan, how you doing, buddy? Mate, feeling very good. To, you know, last year's forgotten now and we're into a new year, which always brings new opportunities and new possibilities. So, um, but Daniel. Man, yes. Daniel. Yes. yes. We are 10 months away from Adam Fanua Blake being a shark. Ah, uh, your beauty. The countdown is on. We've clicked in under 11 months, which I've always said is the important date. So, it mate, is. I have a fear. I have a feeling we will be saying it's about one month until we get Adam Fanua Blake here, but. Anyway, we're not here for that. No. No, we're not here. We're here to dissect our uh, favourite five eights and the best ten five eights of the NRL era. Now, I just want to go back to the wingers. You and I were nine wingers. uh, Yeah, nine wingers exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And the centres. We were one different in the centres mm-hmm. as well, so we're we're pretty we're pretty good at this. We are. My, my list is obviously the correct list. Uh, of course, I mean when you say exact, the players were there; they were just in different orders. So obviously, you different know, orders. some things you know stand out. I I yeah. value talent, and you value being shit football for some reason. But I don't know. Yeah. That's, I'm not here. I'm not here to talk grief. Terry, one of my New Year's resolutions was to stop talking yeah. shit on podcasts, and I've already failed a minute 55 into number one. Yeah, I tried. Speaking of uh, shit at football, you are actually quite shit at fantasy football because I don't watch NFL, right? Mm. And I could not tell you the teams that any of the players play for that I drafted. I couldn't pronounce the tight end that I brought in at round seven, and yet mm. I won fantasy football this year. Yeah, look, very nice, very nice. Congrats, genuinely, because... I get my flowers, I get my flowers. It's not a cheap ring. I I beat some elites at this. Like, you guys talk NFL daily. I beat some elites at this. Yeah, look, it was was pretty crazy. I want to bag you, but I can't, because there are some NRL nerds. What a run run my team went on. Look, it was good, Terry. Now, of course, I won the minor plate, so... You won, so let's let's just take this back. Last year... I won the seventh verse eight and talked a whole lot of shit because you lost first verse second. Mm-hmm. This year you've won seventh verse eight, but I've outdone you, Dan. I won first verse second. All that matters is it was an outlaw's double, mate. That's it was an that's all double. it's done. But yeah, look, congratulations, it was good. But we all know it, it comes down to NRL Super Coach. Whereas Correct. I think I'm the reigning champion because I'm kicking Gaz out next year because I'm sick yep, of him. Cool. But. Uh, yep. Yeah, it was it was a good little off season show journey, as they say. But uh, mate, and and you it's know, I've, been, I've been really distracted. I know we're getting away from what we want. I've been really distracted this off season as well because the Oklahoma City Thunder have come from nowhere to be an elite team in the NBA. And like last year, it was flipped for me because I, you know the, the Thunder were kind of fun and you could see that they were building, but Chet Chet didn't play, and and the Kings were just flying. But I hate the Kings coach. I boycotted the Sydney Kings games until they sack him. Mm. That's not true. I gave my tickets away. Uh, but let's get into it. Our top five eights. Uh, I'll let 
start and kick us off at number 10. Daniel, who have you got? Beautiful. So there's going to be a name I feel like I have to say. There's going to be a name that people are expecting that won't appear here, and I'll explain why when we get to the end. And I'll leave, as we did last week, the honourable mentions to later, because we might have them later on. Number 10 for me is a player in the news today who signed a monstrous deal to serve with the West Tigers, Jerome Luai. Now people will say, but Daniel, what has he ever done in rugby league? How's three premierships? How's, what, four minor premierships? Or maybe three, who cares? No one remembers. Couple Origins, an Origin Series victory, and he's just signed a five-year deal per, worth about six, $6.5 million, depending on what the figures are. Whichever way, it's fucking huge. This guy's a freak. Of course, he is, you know... A character, I'll say that because I'm trying to stay positive tonight. A character off the field. And I think that goes a long way to diminishing what he's done on the field, which I believe is quite a lot. Now, there are some names that I left out that you'll probably go, they're better than Luai, longevity this, longevity that. Mate, Luai's got a resume that very few can can match. And, you know, it's you know he better win this year because his final football days are over. I have Jerome Luai a lot higher than you do. Oh, well, fair enough. Now, let me just say this. People are quite quick to shit on Jerome Luai, okay? Well, what's he done in the Origin Arena? He's fucking won an Origin Series. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, he's at Penrith without Nathan Cleary. You do realise that Nathan Cleary misses games through injury and they have about a 90% win rate with Jerome Luai in the halves at that time. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, what does he do outside of Penrith? He took Samoa to a fucking World Cup final. Mm-hmm. Like, Jerome Luai is a good footballer. Take take the boombox, take the Instagram stories, take the best man speech away, and just look at Jerome Luai, the footballer, and he is incredible. And a lot of people turning around saying that, oh, Jerome Luai doesn't deserve this, and Jerome Luai... It's because he either, one, rejected your team, or two, he left your team. Mm-hmm. He is a good footballer. I am a lot higher on Jerome Luai than I am than, than you are on, on this. Uh, number 10, look, I snuck him in because he played, you know, sort of ARL, Super League, uh, and NRL, and there's just a, a shit list of 5'8s. He's the only 5'8 on my list that didn't win an NRL premiership. Mm. And I had to double-check that, and it is correct. But that's Laurie Daly. I've got Laurie Daly at number 10. Yeah, I left him out because I don't think he played enough NRL. Um, if oh, Career-wise, look, he, he's a top five of all time. But... Uh, no, he's not. He's no, not. okay. Well, that's, that's fine. But, yeah, look, I, I'm okay with that. I left him out because I don't think he played enough NRL. But... That's completely fair. What about number nine, mate? If, if you're so high on Luai. Uh, number nine for mine is Kieran Foran. Uh, now, Kieran Foran, you know, injuries have killed this guy's career. Like, like that's, that's, make no mistake about it. I, I, not only injuries, but I think he was ill-advised to leave Manly when he did because that Manly team was really, really good. And he was given a stupid amount of money to go and play halfback when he, he wasn't a halfback, right? But you've seen, you saw what, like, 2011, Kieran Foran, the year that they won the premiership, he was incredible. When he went back to Manly, he was really good as well. And he's been okay. He's been serviceable for the Titans. I think if, if we're talking about Kieran Foran with no injuries, that's, that's when he'd be like, he'd be a lot higher up on the list for me. 
But yeah, I've, I've got Kieran in at, at number nine. It's just, it's an absolute shame what, you know, the footy gods can be really, really cruel. Um, that's all I can say. Completely fair. I will, uh, I will mention for him when I get to him. Uh, number nine for me is another player that some will say, oh, there's better players. But fuck you, it's my list. And that's Jack Whiten. This is a bloke who was pretty terrible last year. And I think that take took away from a lot of what he's done. A few of these players, I thought, geez, they've been, you know, eh. But then I look back at what they did early in their career. And I mean, Whiten won a Dallium and a... And he took a Canberra side that, with the greatest respect, probably wasn't that good to a no, grand final. Sure. And, I mean, they probably should have won that game, let's be honest, if not and, for and a refereeing that, decision and Latrell Mitchell magic. Yeah, he also took the, the Raiders 2016. He had that purple patch. Yeah, he's one a One of the I don't have Jack White on my list. Uh, look, fair. I, what... I, I think he's just inside the 10. But, mate, I'm, I'm pretty confident in putting him there. And I think he's going to make a big difference at South. I dare say he'll start in the centres, but I don't think he'll end the season there. Just just between us. Yeah, oh, look, I... Now, I, I mean, I, I, think, I think he will, and I think that you could you could probably have one of the best centre combinations in the game if you put White and Mitchell there and went out and found yourself fullback. But... Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, we know South Sun going to do that. Uh, look, I, I have Jack White in my honourable mentions list. Um, I just, I don't have him in, I don't have him on my list. Uh, who have you got at number eight? Number eight, I've got Trent Barrett, another player who cops a lot of grief for a pretty terrible run at Cronulla. And, and terrible is probably, uh, well, it's definitely a little bit harsh because we were very, very, very shit back then. And he was, you know, pretty good. Looking back at what he did for the Dragons, this bloke at one stage was probably the best 5-8 in the game. And there was a little bit, you know, when a player will mention later retired and you're sort of going, who's the next superstar to step up, play for Australia? Trent Barrett was right there, you know, one one or two. He went to Wigan and won a couple of premierships or a premiership, whatever it was, so I'll always love him for that. Doesn't really count in this list, but again, fuck you, it's my list. Came back to Cronulla and, and made us relevant. And, I mean, he retired, and I believe we were at Penrith, where he went on to coach from memory. And it was his last game, and he did a lap, and everyone, like, even the Penrith fans were up, and they're, you know, not the most respectful bunch of pricks, that's for sure. And that was a... It was, was also... Night. It was pretty easy for them to give us a standing ovation that night. They beat us 52 points to 10. They did They did smash us, yeah. And they were, maybe there was a little bit of, you know, ha-ha, you suck in that. But, yeah, look, Trent Barrett, big, big fan of his. I was happy when we signed him. And I'll probably leave it at that before I get negative. But, yeah, Trent Barrett, number eight. Yeah, I, I was happy when we signed Trent Barrett. Look, he didn't make my list. He's on my honourable mentions. Uh, number eight for mine is one Benji Marshall. Now... Again, injuries are a, a another reason that you know you don't see Benji um, a lot higher on the list, and also as well, I think the two thousand and five premiership. While whilst people get all hyped about that flick pass and the stepping against Cronulla, that was Scott Prince's season, and when Benji actually became a game breaker and a big name, he just didn't deliver the the premiership. So mine, I got him at number eight. Oh, it was fantastic. His highlight reel is just phenomenal. And this is a guy who loved playing Cronulla. Yeah. Absolutely loved playing Cronulla. Now, 2008, we, uh, we went to Leichhardt Oval on a Friday night and absolutely spanked him senseless, right? But at the beginning of the season, 
And we hadn't beaten the Tigers fucking ages. And we're up 16-14, and just out of, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, he just skips across field, and he just throws this shitty pass. You're like, that's, that's, that is a crap pass. Chris Lawrence scores. Mm. They beat us. And it was just, it's just little things like that that he could just do that could just completely change the game. And, and I mean, it was, it, was, it was a bludger of a pass. Go back and have a look. 2008, it's like round three or four, but probably round five against the Tigers. At home at Shark Park. And yeah, they, they they beat us twenty points to sixteen, and fuck, it was a shit pass, absolute shit pass. And Chris Lawrence did all the work, but you know it goes back to Benji Marshall. But injuries for me, and the fact that he won that premiership in the Scott Prince season, he didn't. He didn't. We don't have a Benji Marshall premiership. Fair enough. Uh, number seven. Uh, we do have a premiership from this guy. We do have a premiership from him. Uh, we have three premierships across two teams, and you won't, uh, you know, the the game that he will be remembered for in Grand Final Folklore is carrying a one-armed Cooper Cronk across the line, and number seven for me is Luke Keary. Now, concussions are starting to get the worst of him, and that, that really sucks because we've been robbed of a player with an elite running game, an elite passing game, an elite kicking game, and he's not bad defensively for a little bloke, um, and I think he's I think he's put his name up. You know, you, you have a look at, as you said, you want you want to have a look at resumes, three premierships. We've said that about Jerome Luai. Nothing to shirk at. I had him number ten, and then I swapped him for Luai today. So yeah, good shout. I like, I like Kiri, and I think if he continues to play well, I think he'll make the ten down the track. Uh, look, number seven for me is Kieran Foran, a player that you summed up very well before. Fantastic player. Another player that unfortunately cops a bit of yeah, but he used to be good, now he's not. He used to be very, very, very good. That that Manly team was, he and DCE were just ridiculously good. And that, I, I say with no, no lie that if Foran was eligible, he would have played for New South Wales probably 10 to 15 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, have a look at that, that. Like people will shit on that manly team and say, "Oh, they're undeserving grand finalists and yada yada yada, etc. etc." Let go, go through this this fucking manly team on the match day. Fullback Brett Stewart, Michael Robertson, and Will Hopewade on the wings. Jamie Lyon, captain. Steve Maddai in the centres. Kieran Four and Cherry Evans. Joe Nullivar, Matt Ballin, Brent Kai, Anthony Watmo, Tony Williams, Glenn Stewart on the bench. Shane Rodney, Jamie Bewer, Vic Moore, and George Rose. That is a stud team. It's so many that, blues, so many New South Wales players there, mate. Yeah, and, and I mean, like we're, we're we're not talking about washed Tony Williams. We're talking about peak Tony Williams. Mm. We're talking about peak Anthony Watmore here. Like Joe Nullivar, I forgot about that guy. Yeah, Brent Kite won the best on ground, didn't he, in the grand final? What's that? Yeah, Brent Kite won the two thousand eight Clive Churchill Medal. Well, there you go. Hey, look, I, I I'm a huge fan of Foreign. I. You know, yeah. people are going to bag a lot of these suggestions, but I don't care. People will have short memories. Um, Number six. Speaking of memories, mate, this bloke delivered arguably the best memory in grand final history up until a couple of months ago, and that is Michael Morgan for the North Queensland Cowboys. Freakishly good player, did not get anywhere near the comeuppance he deserved because he was, you know, playing inside or outside, depending on how they lined up on the day. Outside a pretty handy number seven in Jonathan Thurston. You may have heard of him. This is a bloke who, you know, I know 
that Thurston got the you know the raps for the grand final, and he's got the Dalliams, and he's got the Clive Churchill. You take Michael Morgan out of that side, they don't win that premiership. Yeah, you know, no. of course that's silly to say because you take any star player out. But Michael Morgan was so good, and he did it a couple of years later in a multiply times worse side. And it only took a Melbourne side that was, you know, unstoppable to beat them on the day. And if they paid three times, Melbourne win all three. But the Cowboys beat anyone else on the day. I, I think Michael Morgan will go down as a Cowboys legend, as he should, and an NRL legend. And I guarantee you that he will be a player that people go, I forgot about him because retirement came a little bit early, which is super unfortunate because he was still at the top of his game when he when he was forced to retire. Let's not forget, this guy wasn't like 40 and washed. He was a player that was at the peak of his powers and just couldn't. His body let him down, which is a real shame. But he goes to the premiership, and I was there that day, and when I saw it happen, I thought, oh, great pass by JT, but what happened to his head again? You're like, that's Michael Morgan. What am I? Uh, what you also have to talk about with Michael Morgan, is, apart from the Cowboys and the premiership in the 2017, integral part of... Queensland team that was fucking untouchable. Played everywhere. Off the bench, mm-hmm. in the centres, filling in at halfback, filling in a hooker, filling fullback. in a five eight. Played a game at fullback, right? Because he started as a fullback. Yeah. That's what that's what people forget as well. Incredible player. Then he went and did it for Australia. <laughs> Freak. Bloke was so good. I've got a little bit higher on Michael Morgan as well. Number six for me is Jerome Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, the resume just speaks for itself. Like. You know, I know, I know people are saying that Cleary's hand-holding him and carrying him and, you know, I'm, I'm saying it now, like Jerome Luai wins games without Nathan Cleary. Does he win finals games without Nathan Cleary? No, probably not. But he's never had to figure it out. He's never had to find out about that. You don't you don't win three premierships in a row by being a scrub. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's, all, that's all I've got to say about Jerome Luai. Forget what you think about him as a, as a person. Just, just look at him as a football player. And 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 if you still don't if you still don't like what Dan and I are saying, just go on YouTube and have a look at his highlights. Because there are a lot of his kicking game against, like his kicking game against anyone is unreal. But one of his first games against Cronulla, he kicked us off the park. Even Matt Burt yeah. absolutely kicked us off the park. Like, yeah, he, he was unreal. Um, look at kick know, out since he left Luai. That is that is a great get for the Tigers as well. Forget like you might think that they overpaid. But that's what the Tigers have to do to attract them. But now you're talking about uh, Buller. He's going to be a, a, a freak, an absolute freak of a player. They've got Api Corusau at the back end of his contract. They've got Jerome Law at the peak of his powers. And they've got that young female kid that they got from Manly as well who will be there in a couple of years. Like That is the, the makings of a, a quality spine. If Benji Marshall is a half-decent coach, the Tigers may make a final series in the next 15 years. Possibly. Huge call. Yeah, number five. Number five, we just spoke about him, but I've got Michael Morgan at number five. Very, very good. There you go. Uh, number five for me to play, you mentioned it, and that's Benji Marshall. I Look, I agree with what you said. It was Scott Prince was the star of the show, but Benji Marshall took the West Tigers to a premiership. And that in no, itself. Scott Prince did. No, well, he was there and played an integral part. The West Tigers, Let that just let that sink in. He took them to a premiership. Every player in that group should be knighted immediately because we've seen before and after, that's not an impossible. Fantastic player. I dare say he'd be top three if he didn't 
he fell away a little bit and then he pissed off the rugby union when it got tough. And I think that temperament never really came back. Now, I know he came back and he played, you know, he played very well for Brisbane, played a huge role up there. You know, he played okay for the Dragons. I think people, again, a little bit negative on it because it's a fun thing to do. He played okay. And then he went back to the Tigers and that was that was a good moment. And he played some good football too. And look, we'll see what he does in his, his post, you know, in his career. I wish him all the best. I hope the Tigers come good because then when they go bad again, it'll be really funny. Because if they stay bad, well, that's no fun for anyone. I think Benji Marshall, fantastic football. I'm happy for him at fifth. I can be talked into dropping him down, but uh, I I think there's four better players than him. Put it that way, mate. Yeah. Who you got number four? Number four is uh, a player that Cronulla Sharks fans would be very, very happy to see, and that is James Maloney. This is a bloke who... His, you, you want to talk resume, mate. This resume is almost untouchable. Again, he's a player that people are going to say, yeah, but he's a pest and he never lasts more than the season. And he's this and he's that and he's a grub, blah, blah, blah. He's a bloke that won a grand final at Cronulla, which is fucking impossible for and after. He's a player that, you know, outside of Ben Barber, James Maloney was number two for me in that season. I know there were a lot of good players and a lot had to go right. No Maloney, no premiership. The next year, he played very well, and then he, he talked himself out of the club. I thought he was good at Penrith. He very good, in fact, until we we took him apart on the night, which was really hilarious. We make the jokes that the trade this, and we make a bit of fun, but Maloney will go down you know, as a Cronulla legend, and rightly so. Before that, he made the Warriors relevant. He was the missing piece in the Roosters that got them over the line. You know, He took Mitchell Pearce to a, I believe... He, Maloney won a origin and Pierce missed it for some reason. So he's got an origin. He's, no, well, he's got a premiership at Cronulla, which is, you know, double. He's played plenty of origins and I thought he played quite well, especially when he was at Cronulla. I'll never forget that photo of the boys, the 2016 boys. Beautiful moment in time. But uh, look, Maloney. Maloney might have a, because 2014, when you stopped the series, it was Reynolds and Hodkinson. Yeah, that's true. I thought he won one later, but it doesn't matter. He may have. He, he played may. a lot. He played a lot for the Blues, and he's a player that some people will go, you got him too low, and some people will go, you got him way too high. But I think overall, and especially early and mid-career, before, you know, became this, I'll say, character again, fantastic footballer, man. Yeah, you take the stain of Penrith off James Maloney, and it's a, it's an accomplished resume. I've got Maloney a bit higher. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> That's good. Number four for me, I have got Cam Munster. Now, the guy's a genius. He literally played the 2020 season in lockdown, didn't care about it, turned up, won a premiership, partied for umpteen days, went into a Queensland camp, won the unwinnable series. Uh, he's Queensland 5-8. He's played in the centres. He's played fullback. He's won a premiership. All over the park. Uh, I think he played fullback against us the night they lost. Mm. Uh, and then the following year was the 5-8 when Billy Slater came back. He won a premiership in 2020 as well, as we've said. Yeah, look, he's he's absolutely sensational. He's another player as well. He, can, he makes something out of nothing. Like they were dead and buried against the Roosters. And he, 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 looked, he looked at Will Warbrick. He looked at Daniel Tupo and went, you know what? If anyone can out-jump Daniel Tupo, it's probably Will Warbrick. And he put a kick up, and everyone was like, what the, what the hell are you doing? And it was pinpoint. It gave Will Warbrick enough 
And that 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 is a Cam Munster moment. It gave him, it gave Will Warbrick enough time to run and and jump and put his body over Tupo, and then score the try. And oh, you know, obviously Will Warbrick gets the the salutations for scoring the try, but that was all Cam Munster. He's the guy's he's an absolute machine. Best five eight in the game at the moment, I would say. I know Luai is winning all the premierships, but in terms of like actual five eights, I'd, I'd have him there or thereabouts. Um, the number three for me, we don't need to talk about him too much more, but I've got Jimmy Maloney. Premiership with the Roosters, uh, Premiership with the Sharks, was his debut season. And this is what they say about Maloney, is that every team he played for, apart from Penrith, made a grand final. His debut season of 2009 with Melbourne, and they won the comp. Now I think he only played two or three games. Then he went to the Warriors. They were in the grand final in 2011. Wins the 2013-2016 premierships. And as you said, no Maloney, no premiership that year. And even on the night, he was one of five Cronulla players who could have won the Clive Churchill medal. He was untouchable in that first half. Absolute spiders on him. And then Chad Townsend decided that, you know, he was a better player and was going to take over in the second half with all the kicking and all the running and all the passing. Um, and, uh, yeah, robbed us of an all-time great performance. So, fuck you, Chad. And Maloney's number three. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> I like that. Uh, it's always a always a tool. Best five eights get a chat shot in. That is why people listen to this podcast in droves. Uh, number three for me is uh, going to raise eyebrows, but I don't care. And that is Bradley Fitler. This is a bloke who has become a parody in the last eighteen months as an NRL coach and personality. He says some dumb shit, but do not let that take you away from the magnificent footballer that this bloke was. You know, okay, it came in as a centre and played a, you know, had a bit of ball play, then moved into the 5'8 and never looked back. This is a bloke who, you know, you think the Roosters during their run of when they were on top, it was Fittler. It was all Fittler. And, I mean, that grand final where they killed the Warriors, they would have won by 100 if they didn't spear him in the face. Those people that don't was, remember it was, that... It was, a, it was a headbutt. Yeah, people that don't remember that tackle, this bloke ran from the third row and diving headbutted. Yeah, and... Now, that's a Category 1 seal lady you're out for eight weeks, head knock. At the time, though, they're like, oh, he's going to be, you know, he, oh, he'll be right. And he got up and he, he fucking killed him. And that Do moment, you, it will be the highlight. But looking back at Brad Fittler, you can name 50 highlights, honestly. Just, just, just before we talk about that moment, like the Richard Villasani headbutt, we talk about that, that, like, back in the day, they turned around and went, ah, Freddie will be all right. We'll just fucking put a bit of Vasso on there. Put his head, you know, put a couple of bandages around. Hopefully, he don't lose enough blood, and you know, he'll pass out after the game, right? <laughs> the moment that I remember, that I look at now and just go, if that happened in two thousand and twenty-three or two thousand twenty-four, the NRL would get fucking cancelled, and that was Mick Devere getting his face stapled in Origin <laughs> yeah. on the yeah. field. Like, can you imagine now with like all the nannies and fannies that watch, you know? Any, anything these days to try and have a whinge seeing someone get their face stapled out on the field. If only they used a proper stapler and did it. Um, I don't know how you've got someone higher, well, two people higher than Brad Fittler on your list, if I'm honest. Well, look, I've got I, Brad Fittler at, uh, at number two. Look, completely fair. But tell, tell me why. Who's tell your number me. two? My number two is Cameron Munster. I, I fucking hate Cameron Munster from the bottom of my heart because there's been times where the Blues were going to shit in him. They were going to win 3-0. And Cam Munster just thinks, not today, boys. And just does something. And you look, 
This year, Origin 1, Nico Hines is on. They're a player down, Queensland. Flegler was sent to the Simbin. Cam Munster looks up and he smiles because he saw Nico and um, Cleary stand next to each other. Took him two fucking plays and he's isolated Nico Hines and put him through. And we had the overlap, we being the Blues. I hate Cam Munster, mate. If he was a Blue or a Shark, we'd have three premierships and ten titles because this bloke could be the best fullback in the game, the best 5'8 in the game. And I think if you really said, Oi, you want $2 million to play halfback, I have no doubt he'd play halfback too. Hell, you could put this I, prick I, in the second row and he'd do something magical. I also I also think if, if Craig Bellamy had his time over and, and really looked at Nico Hines and went, you know what, we need to keep this guy. Obviously, we've got Pappenhausen at fullback. If he went and tapped Munster on the shoulder and said, I'm going to move you into the centres. Oh, God. But you get you get your license to roam, and we're going to move Nico into five eight. He'd be the best centre in the game as well. Undoubtedly, uh, and he did that for Queensland too. This is a bloke. If this was a list of the amount of players that have fucked me over the most, Cam Munster would be number one by the length of Flemington Straight and then some. I hate this guy, but my God, do I love him as a footballer. And that thing you mentioned earlier, that prick did not sleep for a month and a half. And you could see the photo. All the Queenslanders were smiling. He was just trying to stay alive. The light that the light that got in his eyes was like a friggin' you know Frankenstein's monster. If you dehydrated him for a month, that's what Cam Munster looked like. And then he went out and played three games. He was best on ground in two of them. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. The blood, he's standing there struggling for every inch of his life. It's like he's just someone's just said to him, "Wait." Tried this curry over here, it's not that hot. He's taken a mouthful of it and they've snapped the photo as he's just bitten into a vindaloo. Like, it's absolutely. That was, that was weekend at Munster's stuff. That, yeah, I, I've, got, I've got Freddie at number two. I just think, in terms of like, in terms of stature of the game, like this guy captained Australia. Now, fair enough, people generally go, oh, but he played lock because you had to get Laurie Daly in the team. That's just a victim of circumstance. They could have easily turned around. Don't forget, Laurie Daly was a centre. Mm-hmm. Won a premiership in 2000, oh, sorry, in 1994 as a centre. Scored a try in that game as a centre. They could have easily had Brad Fittler at 5'8 and Laurie Daly at centre. But what they did is they made the most sense of it, of, of both the guys. But two of the best runners in the game, and one of them can tackle like a fucking demon. Mm-hmm. Um, in the year 2000, they made the, the grand final. Should have made a grand final in 2001. Won in 2002. Two straight losses in three and four. He, look, he was brilliant. Oh, I, 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 yeah, you, you struggle to find a better five eight than Brad Fittler, but one of them existed, and uh, I hope he's hope he's both your and I uh, number one, and that's Brett Seymour. Easily, Brett Seymour. Yes. <laughs> if if not for the Northy the two two three zero night, mate, we would be here talking as him as a ten time Premiership player and future immortal. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's Darren Lockyer. Of course, it's Darren Lockyer. This this one, I mean, all the number ones so far have been pretty pretty easy, but this is very very easy. And don't forget, yeah, this bloke this, was... this bloke could have been a top three fullback of all time as well. Yeah, he is. He's like the greatest, you know, fullback that you had seen until Billy Slater came along, and then he's the greatest five. Like his resume is just absolutely. Absolutely stupid. 36 caps for Queensland, 59 for Australia, two All-Stars, uh, three NRL premierships and a Super League premiership as well. Um, only won one at 5'8". I thought he played 5'8 in 
in the year 2000, but he didn't. He was the fullback. Um, Clive Churchill, medalist. Like, he's just... The... the oh, well, what do you say about it? Like, the resume is just absolutely amazing. Like, he's... It's yeah, a, he's an absolute freak. Absolute gen- freak. Genius footballer and then some. Uh, Honourable mentions, mate. Can I throw a name out there that... I almost put it number 10. And then I thought, hmm. And that's Scott Hill. Oh, I've got Scott Hill as my as an honourable mention. Yeah, this this guy, like, you want to talk about underappreciated players. I don't think he had the longevity at the top, like the very peak. Because that Melbourne team were good, and then they were bad, then they were good, then they were bad. It's not like the Melbourne we know and loathe today. But Scott Hill was always there or thereabouts. And he, he's another yeah. one that played plenty for the Blues. And he just he was just a footballer. Yeah, and he was... He was another one as well. Melbourne had a lull in that nineteen ninety nine season because they they lost they lost a few games. Or if they had won, you're talking about Melbourne would have probably been the minor premiers, mm. right? So that and and the games that they lost were when Scott Hill, um, Scott Hill missed games. And now he babysat Brett Kamali. Now it's it's not an easy thing to say. Brett Kamali was twenty years old. He just he'd left the Newcastle Knights to go to the Hunter Mariners. And then obviously the Hunter Mariners didn't make it out of Super League. There are two halfbacks, last I checked. It's, no, no, it probably still been the same. There are two halfbacks under 22 years old that have won a premiership in the NRL era. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure all of them are above that. One of them is Brett Morley in 1999. The other one is Daly Cherry Evans in 2011. Pretty good um, but the integral part of Brett Morley's success and early success in Melbourne, and he should have won the the uh, Daly M medal in the year 2000, but it was because of Scott Hill. Uh, he was he was a brilliant footballer, and he was another guy who, when they had to slot him in rep teams, they were like, fucking hell, we can't have Scott Hill out of here. He was either the utility or he was the lock. Mm. He was a great player. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned him. Another uh, player, who else you got on the honourable mentions list? Look, one that won't get any love is Terry Campisi. In terms of talent, Terry on my... pure talent, he could very easily be top 10. That's a bloke who just could not get his body right. All the injuries added up, and then he went to England, and he played rugby for a bit. It just it just didn't work. I wish we could see him again, starting again now in this day and age with the advanced technology, because a lot of those yeah. injuries probably could have been avoided, or at least brought back huge, huge well, Campisi. The, the one thing that you think about Terry Campisi is running. He was one of the best ball runners, and the game this day is made for ball running players. And he's big, like he like these that you you could put him at lock. You could put him in the second row. I've also got Jack White and Trent Barrett on my honourable mentions list. Have you got any others? I know just Luke Kiry. Yeah, I got Adam Dykes and Brayton Astor. I yep. think you know people people shit on an Astor. Um, I think he's, I think he, you know, personally, I think he's a good pundit. I just think he made some really, really poor decisions across his career. One ending it with the Tigers, and it's not his fault as well that people looked at him and went, "Ah, oh, you can play lock, you can play halfback, you can play fullback, you can do this, you can do that." And as for the five eight at the Bulldogs, was brilliant, and he shouldn't have taken the money to go to the Roosters. I agree. There was with that. he he set his career up for failure by going to try and replace Brad Fittler. Mm. If he was going to go to the Roosters, he should have gone three years later, yep. when the when the stink of it had all died. Like you talk about Parramatta in nineteen eighty six, they still haven't replaced Peter Sterling, yeah. right? This guy literally tried to go and replace the second best five eight that we had, or second or third best five eight that we had on our list, 
Uh, and Adam Dykes as well. I, I thought he was great. He's never going to get enough. I'm going to push back on Dykes. He sucked. Terrible football. Nah, he was brilliant. He was all right. He was all right. Not for me. I'm not a huge fan of Adam Dykes. Big fan of his uh, son. Huge fan of his son. Who's your, uh, who's your number five, your fifth favourite uh, 5A? I'm going to break my own rules here because, again, fuck it, it's my list. And I'm going to put Mitch Healy at number five. Now, I believe he only played I one. Nearly, I nearly <laughs> put Mitch Healy in my top ten he, just to be a dick. He only played one or two seasons of NRL. Um, so he doesn't really he? qualify. Did I, he? I think he played one because I remember he was he was there. But if not, I know he played. He played Super League, so that's close enough. That was right before. Did yeah, didn't he when we won the minor premiership? Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played. Yeah, he played. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, Mitch the worst bomb kicker of all time, uh, arguably. The way he would hold the ball crosswise and drop it like he was drop kicking it out of anger rather than precision football, but it worked. And for that reason, oh, that reason alone. He, I, was like, I was wondering what you were going to say. Some of the bombs that he put up were absolutely fucking terrifying. Yeah, they were hard to catch because they were just kicked. You know, some people kick it out in the outside of the foot on purpose and the instep and, you know, off the laces. He just kicked the ball. And it didn't matter where it came off. It just wobbled and it was... Oh, I was I brilliant. Think it, I, think it was in the, I think it was in the 1996 season. We played uh, Newcastle at home. And we give, we give him an old touch up, and Robbie O'Davis, like he should have been hooked about thirty four times because any time Healy put a bomb up, you just saw this poor lad crying <laughs> on the field, right? And everyone was, oh, this is going to be the end of Robbie O'Davis. Now he went on and won a premiership and a Clive Churchill medal a year later because it was only half the season, but like <laughs> Mitch Healy fucking tormented him that night. Oh god, uh, number five for me, I've got Scott Hill. I loved him. Although I, I, I appreciated that Melbourne team because that should have been Cronulla's victory. Mm-hmm. But also Melbourne were the, they were the new team. They took uh, Tywater Nikau from us. They had Marcus Bai. Now, I had started playing footy in 1998. I was a winger and I loved Marcus Bai. Tried to mimic uh, my game style of him, but I just I couldn't run as hard or as aggressive as him. I was more Luke Cavell, just uh, stand on the wing and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Scott Hill, absolute brilliant footballer. Great shot. Number four? Brad Fittler. I was a big fan of his, which is really funny because I am absolutely not a fan of his as a coach or a pundit. I, I, I like Fittler. I've met him numerous times, and personally, I like him a lot. He was always funny. He was always super friendly. I think he tries a bit hard on the footy show to be that throw to me, i got something clever to say kind of guy. And I think he's a fucking terrible coach. But in terms of footballer, he provided a lot of entertainment. Nothing more entertaining than when he snapped his hamstring off the bone, taking that intercept at the nines, and never came back again. I've got a question for you now, because this will go for you across two codes. Um, do you find it hard when a play that you loved and adored... Now, Brad Fittler didn't play for our club, so it's a little bit different on what I'm going to ask here. But you loved and adored Brad Fittler, and New South Wales fans loved and adored Brad Fittler, but he's been an absolute shit coach. Does that diminish your opinion of him like... Like, I know you're a, you're a massive Chelsea fan, and Frank Lampard is a Chelsea legend. He's a Premier League legend. He's a fucking dreadful coach. Does that does that bring it back a little bit for you, or have you still got the same love for the, the, the player and you can just you can separate that? Lampard, no, because he was my favourite player by a long, long, long way. And he, yeah. nothing, Lampard could take a shit my whole way, and I'd say thank you and ask him to sign it. But 
I I can understand that hundred percent. Like if like look at Chad, I fucking hate that guy now, and he won us a premiership. So yeah, it can, it can happen, absolutely. Uh, number four for me, uh, Darren Lockyer. Mm-hmm. I hated that guy playing for Brisbane. I loved him playing for Queensland. Hated him playing for Australia. He's just he's brilliant. And you're gonna look at him, and one day there's gonna be a pub trivia question. Name the immortals, and someone on this sheet will write down Darren Lockyer, and they'll get it wrong. Mm. Yeah, I don't think he's far uh, off. I think he, I think he's the next one. And the other day, I, don't, I, don't, I, I think I think they're going to skip him, and they're going to go straight to Cam Smith. Maybe Cam Smith's pretty pretty argument. There was a test series on the other night where we played Great Britain, and we won all three games by two or four points. Brad and Lockyer had a hand in all three match winning tries from memory. This bloke's a freak. Yeah. Great, great chat. Yeah. I, I didn't have him because I hate him too much. But, um, yeah, number number three for me, mate, comes with a little bit of an asterisk. But, again, I don't care because he's not going to make my top halfbacks. And that's Preston Campbell. Freakishly talented player. Won a Daly M at Cronulla, albeit at the seven, but won a premiership in the six. So I'm claiming this. Love this guy so very, very much. Was heartbroken when he left. I know why we got rid of him. He wouldn't do what he was asked, no, blah, blah, blah. There, 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 is no, there is no reason to know why we got rid of him. Like, how, how as a new coach, can you come into the team, bring in Brett Kamali, which is a great shout, bringing in Brett Kamali because you can move this guy to 5A and turn and go, hey, you know what? Let us bloke on the field. Go and play hooker because I've got Matthew Johns coming back from fucking England. Mm, Dreadful. Pretty Chris bad. Anderson was... Absolute dross. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. But uh, yeah, Preston Campbell, number three. Uh, I broke my. I thought I broke my own rules, but I didn't. This guy actually got four seasons of NRL footy in. Not going to make anyone's list, but he was my. Like, this guy was tough as nails. Used to love a biff. Good footy player. Penrith great, Steve Carter. Ooh, it's a good shout. What a player Scarter was. I loved that guy. He was like, he was just a mean, tough bastard. And the problem was like, he looked mean. He said, like, this was, this was the guy, like, he was the, he was like the 2000s version of Tommy Radonikus. Like, this guy used to smoke and drink and just sounded rough, but he was awesome. And, and like, growing up at Penrith, like, uh, I didn't get that leeway of going to Cronulla games by myself, but I could go to a Penrith game by myself. And he was always like, well, you know, growing up, Apart from the 2003 season, Penrith didn't really have like that big stretch that they're having now. And at the end of the games, they would find themselves on the wrong end of some absolute hidings. And he was still walking around the field and waving and smiling at everyone. And yeah, he just just an all around good guy. I've got some very very fond memories of Steve Carter. It's fantastic. It's not often you speak uh, positively about Penrith, so that's a great shout. No, no, well, I've spoken positively about two Penrith five eight. Yeah, so wow. One. Have to get a test. Uh, on. Mm. Number two, uh, Adam Dykes. I don't care what you say. Dykes was mad. Hey, I'm not here. I'm not here to make fun of your your likes. It, it is your like, but um, why 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 Adam Dykes? Convince me, Kerry. Oh, I don't need to convince you. He was just cool. Like it's it's like why do people have fond memories of Luke Cavell? I don't know. You just do. Fair enough. That's cool. I one up you. Number two for me is our premiership winning five eight James Maloney. Mate, a lot of a lot of jokes have come after him leaving. 
But the love I had for him for that season and the love if I have... You, if your number one 5'8 is Matt Moylan, I am going to slap you. Well, you can come over here and kiss my motherfucking ass, motherfucker. <laughs> my number one is Matthew Moylan. Because right here, right now, if it's there's not for Matt Moylan, we're not sitting here doing this show, mate. <laughs> Matt Moylan, the player? Eh, he's okay. <laughs> Matt Moylan, the idea, the enigma, the, the man... Unfucking touchable what he did for this club. In that he brought I've us together, Terry. Him. I've already erased him from my memory. He brought us together and made this podcast, which led to Outlaws. He is the kickstart. If we don't sign Matt Morland and we don't gronk off like idiots that entire offseason, this doesn't come about, Terry. Matt Morland, number one. Underlined so exclamation mark. now are probably cursing Matt Morland's name. <laughs> yeah, probably. But uh, number Moylan. one for me, James Maloney. Uh, but, I've already mate, forgot Matt Moylan existed. Mate, we were great for Maloney, but he didn't get us to start a podcast, did he? No, no, he didn't. That, that is true. Uh, but yeah, one. number one will always be James Maloney. That's completely fair. Now, look, if you want to have a look here, I actually had Maloney at number one and Moylan <laughs> at number two. But it's much funnier this way, and I stand by it. So, yes. Amazing. Now, uh, I do have... Uh, a. I showed you the photo on the last podcast, and I didn't tweet it out because young Terry was uh, a little bit weird looking in that photo. Uh, and I've got the photo with Joel Clinton. I've got the photo with Clinton Torpy. I do have a photo framed somewhere of me with Steve Carter, um, which was uh, it's, you know, it's usually up and about somewhere, but I can't. You were a little photo slut as a kid, weren't you? Getting all these photos of these players. Yeah, my dad, my dad, my dad was pretty handy with the camera, so oh, it's good, good to hear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've lost you on the uh, on the internet, Dan. So I am going to go and put my kids to bed. As always, I will see you next week when we will discuss the halfbacks, the number sevens, and hail whoever. <laughs>